Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And oh, what a feeling, we're looking at Flashdance. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how are you doing today? Jeff, we just rewatched all the musical numbers in this motion picture, <laughs> sure and did. I'm feeling energized. Yeah. <laughs> I am ready to flash doms. We were both lip syncing to Maniac. It's impossible not to. It's impossible not to. I just want to scream all the hits of the 80s, um, and that's got me feeling good, Jeff. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm good as well. Yeah, this soundtrack, what oh, what a soundtrack. Oh, what a soundtrack. Truly, about halfway through the movie, I think it was during Maneater, I was like, what am I doing? And uh, I man hunt man, man. I just I got so excited. I was just saying all I, the wrong. I wouldn't ones. be surprised if Maneater was also in this film. It feels like every big eighty song you could think of is in this film. For you know, I love rock and roll. Gloria uh, of Maniac, of course. Uh, was just so mm-hmm. many like hit after hit. Regardless, I was like, what am I doing with my life up to this point? And I had to go and download the soundtrack before oh, the film oh, was up. I was like, it's required. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, got to put it on my, li- I have like a very short list of songs that are just my pump up songs. And mm-hmm. there really are only like three of them. And one of them's Rocky, you know, the Rocky uh, themes. So I was yes. like, all right, I'm going to add this entire soundtrack <laughs> to that very short list. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Flashdance came out on April 15th, 1983, just in time for tax day, and was directed by Adrian Lyne and written by Thomas Headley Jr. and Joe Esteriz. Amy Joe, what's your experience with Flashdance? That's it. That's it. Yeah, like this is not a visual <laughs> medium. I didn't, I didn't do anything. <laughs> looking at me. Blankly. Just looking at me. Uh, none. <laughs> Zero zip. Uh, looking at the poster mm-hmm. is my uh, my experience with it. I had none. Yes, my main experience, because I had not seen this film either until we watched it for the podcast. This is the first movie we've done on the podcast that neither of us had seen before we watched it for the podcast. Ooh, that's an excellent question. I feel like... No, I'm blanking, but I Suburban feel like we Commando. Had, yes, neither of us had seen Suburban okay. Commando before, and I feel like there was some other one that was a like, how had we not seen this hmm. at that point? And I could easily look this up, listener, and I shan't. <laughs> um, but I'm what I mainly knew about Flashdance was on Friends. They had an episode where Rachel was like, they were like at a party or something. I don't remember why because it's Friends, but she's just as a cheerleader and she's trying to like. But they're uh, with all the friends, the titular friends, and she's trying to seduce Tate Donovan, you know, Hercules, uh, the, <laughs> the voice of Hercules. Uh, and she so Monica, I believe Monica is like, Rachel, do the flash dance move of taking your bra off without taking your shirt off. And she, not an like, actual dance move, but no. the flash dance move. Yeah. Yes, that's the flash dance move, the, the secret flash dance move. And she's like, it's like, oh, no, it's like my bra strap is stuck on my thumb or something. Stupid. See, that's a classic trick, but one I had never seen someone do when in casual conversation with. Yeah, the she's crush. not like trying to seduce him in that moment. She just seems like really just like, well, well it's time to take the bra. Off. It is just like a, a convenience thing like that you yeah. learn to do when maybe you're insecure in a locker room or at like a sleepover. But it's uh, it feels like, mm. you know, you're just like, mm-hmm. I want to keep talking, but, you know, I'm Baptist, so I'm going right. to yeah. change this way. <laughs> This is the the guy version is uh, when you know you're done at the beach and you're just changing your swim your 
pulling off your swimsuit underneath your towel. Uh, yes. And you're just like, this is this guy is just naked talking to me. And like, I don't want to be talking to this naked guy right now. Uh, yeah, it was that and the song Maniac, which I, I like vaguely knew was from this film, but I was like loved. And in like the early days of it wasn't uh, Napster, but it was something is one of those sites where you can you're getting like songs for free. you're downloading songs for yeah. free and you're you know i'm like probably in eighth grade and i'm worried that you know the feds are gonna bust down the door oh you would stealing like music see the warning on a vhs tape and yeah, be you, like, you, you wouldn't download a uh a car uh whatever those commercials that you get up before movies uh so don't so don't pirate films um but yes i i remember because then i burned them all to a cd the most random hodgepodge of songs that you can imagine the ones i remember that were on it was of course maniac uh cheeseburger in paradise <laughs> um and uh, the the theme to dragonheart uh, wow you a, weren't kidding and a like a techno remix of the pac-man theme song i think these are also the songs that were of, that were like here are ones that are free and are like easy to download and, enjoy right and I, I i and i forget if i've discussed in the pod before that i had no concept of any popular music until like at least into college like i i brought this broadway show tunes uh and, and then the everything else to was dragonheart well, that theme to Dragonheart is killer. It, that is a bop. Hey, that is a banger. Won't get an argument from me. <laughs> yes, just imagining the dance, like covering the dancing from Maniac, but with overlaying the theme song to drag, <laughs> drag the Oscar, the Oscar, the song they roll out for the Oscars, uh, the theme from Dragonheart. Uh, yeah, so I didn't know much. I didn't know much. But I was very surprised knowing the other work of the director, Adrian Lyne, and the writer, Joe Estres. You got the writer who would go on to write Basic Instinct and Showgirls mm -hmm. and the director of Fatal Attraction, Unfaithful, like so many like sexy this thrillers. This felt like it wants to be that, but didn't feel like it had permission yet. And then by the end of the 80s those dudes were like, I think right. we can go there. And I think it's just the difference of that this was before the the PG-13 rating. Oh, really I see. It feels like it wants, it feels like it's so like toned the line. Like it's almost all PG except like there's like one or two F-bombs and then there's like the scene in the strip club at the yeah. end. But that, other than that, like it's very tame. Yeah. Uh, which I was very surprised by, but is it's uh, much more innocent film in many ways like i was yeah. waiting for like Which, it to get real real honestly dark. thank goodness oh agreed like agreed. what a relief to be like okay we're just toying with the threat of sexual assault but at every turn at every turn <sighs> but we don't have to see it and it doesn't right at Great. least Here, in the, the context of the is film her, her boss who's twice her age oh uh we've gosh. got clues leaving okay okay we have to tell the listeners about uh, we're watching this movie and leaving, what's his yes, character Johnny, name? Johnny C. Johnny C. I'm like, I'm looking at this actor and I'm not thinking, I know this actor. Who Who is this no. actor? I'm thinking, yeah. gosh, this guy looks like so many other people. Both uh, of us were like, this guy looks like a cross between Christian Slater. It's like Christian Slater at his most doing an impression of Jack Nicholson. Yes. And uh, I also said Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen and yeah. Bill, young Bill Paxton. Young Bill Paxton. Just a hodgepodge And you of said like these. someone else. We're, the whole yeah. movie, we're like, oh, now he looks like so-and-so. It and gets get to, to the, the credits. credits. And we both screamed, leaving. Uh, who, of course, is Mr. Course Body, is Mr. And Clue. Body and Clue. And a that musician, is, but that's yeah, not but where my Mr. interest Body lies. Body in Clue, a listener, you've seen Clue, right? Like <laughs> right? you, you watched it too many times at a too young of an age. Uh, this is your first experience with murder in film. You right? were scarred by a vet lying dead on the pool table. Ooh, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that each knife other. in the shop. That's what always that. got me. The knife Oof. in the cook. Oh, yeah, that was rough too. Yeah, but no, yeah. Lee Ving. I was stunned because Clue was only a few years later. Yeah. But this is like uh, bada bing, bada boom, a yeah, different he's guy. He's looking very different. He's looking very different. His hair is lighter and not slicked back in the same way. And he just like looks like uh, uh, scrappier. But it stunned me. Agree, same. We then immediately, I made you immediately rewind it a bit so we could see him in a scene mm-hmm. so I could understand so we could process we're like, yeah that is leaving but I, the hair is what threw me the yeah, hair for sure. even though it's like mostly slicked back it's got kind of a little springy 80s effect where it's like yeah i'm slicking it back but i don't care if it stays yeah. slicked i back. think also because i've only seen him in clue the cast of clue on the whole is much taller than the cast of Flashdance. at least the people he's standing <laughs> next to you I know what guess. i mean i was processing I him as being uh, taller in my mind in this movie than I process leaving as Mr. Body mm-hmm. being included. I think Christopher Lloyd's probably a taller dude, you know, is uh, he could be. I, I don't know. Like, unless it's like John Lithgow, that's when I of like there are only a few actors. If really? it, it's like John I'm... Lithgow or Danny DeVito, that's when I can like judge like, is this are the other people tall? Are the other people short? Mm-hmm, well, if mm-hmm. I stack them up next to, you know, DeVito or Bob Hoskins or John, uh, next to John Lithgow, you're like, oh, I see. I mm-hmm, see. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, who knows? And of course, then you've got people that, of course, can be on their Apple boxes or digging their sure. ditches if you've got like a Tom Cruise. So it's I, I never judge a cast by. Oh, yeah. Clue, Clue is a taller I film. I didn't than Flash think Dance. that I'm <laughs> saying why I didn't recognize him as also this guy seemed sure. taller. Yeah. Then well, he, 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 he was acting it. He was acting. Taller. That's true. He's taking up. He's taking up that space. space. Taking up that space. Well, I think this isn't his entrance. Everyone else is like sitting around the table when he's like standing yes. and coming in. So it's also that he's commanding the power. No, I think he looks no. shorter as Mr. Body. Oh, he looks shorter as Body. Yes. Oh, oh, I say, yeah. I say. Anyway, yeah. point is, it's leaving in this he's movie. Commanding Who knew? more powers, Johnny C, yeah, Johnny yeah, 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 yeah. whatever, Johnny Johnny Casino. Uh, so spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Flashdance or haven't seen it in a while, here is a brief ish synopsis. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 18-year-old Alex Owens works as a welder at a steel mill by day and an exotic dancer by night at the working-class bar and grill Mobbies. I have so many questions about Mobbies. I could talk about Mob. I could Con- stop everything else uh, and just talk about Mobbies. Okay. A. What a terrible name. A. How do you pronounce it? Why would you put that as your? I was going to say title as the name of your bar. <laughs> oh, if they named the movie Mobbies. Oops. Oh, sorry, you've never Mobbies. heard of this film. Nobody because exactly. nobody saw it. Who's going to go see the yes, Mobbies? Okay. The movie. Correct. Number one, first strike. Terrible name. Secondly, as you said when we were watching it. So what I'm seeing in the audience is completely different to what I expect when I'm looking at this stage. Like uh, the the technical requirements of what are happening with the individual acts. performances. This isn't like a strip club. This isn't like a burlesque even. They're not taking their clothes. They're taking some clothes off, but they're not taking as many clothes off as you would think. It's definitely like beer swilling, like working class. Pittsburgh guys a place with an entrance want. that looks like Mobby's like the exterior of Mobby's also looks like this bar on 8th Avenue in this like still kind of tawdry area of 8th Avenue in New York City where you're like I probably don't want to go into that bar like that lo- was what Mobby's looks like but then you look at the stage the production value I'm wondering when did she have time to tech these numbers like yeah, at least full-blown performance at, at least Tina Tech's number is like she's like I got this just keep a light on me and I'm gonna work the space yeah but everything, because you're trying to disguise that Jennifer Beals is not doing her own dancing, all of her numbers are so stylized, so, like, 
Like I go to a lot of burlesque shows when that is a thing that can happen in the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you're the burlesque performers are like bringing their own stuff with them from place to place, even places that are like well-known burlesque places, like the Slipper Room is a great example. There's a ton of really high quality stuff that happens there, but you're not doing like, oh sure, we'll drop a scrim and then we'll light you like that. There's no time to tackle that. You maybe do a sound check with a light inside it. There's none of that unless you bring it with you. So when is she having time at mob? Well, I'm sure she is because she takes all her costumes home. But like, when is she teching these things? Did she bring her own tile wall for that imagination number? Also, just in terms of how they hide. How poorly of a job that they hide the stance double. The first number, it's like, okay, we'll just do most of it in silhouette. Which works okay. You know, it's enough of an eye trick. And then they do close-ups of her. And you're like, if you're not thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Physically, they look very similar build-wise. Then there's Maniac, which is just her by herself. Like kind of her workout dancing. And and this is a lot of like inserts it's all just like here here's the feet and then here's the face and then here's, here's the, me the doing stretch a palooza right you know? the old stretch a palooza and then it's they clearly were like okay we ran out of ideas so let's paint this dance double's face white uh, with I, this full like it starts like it's we're watching slava snow show where she's dressed like kind of like a garbage yeti in front of this tv and then it like take costume reveal now she's like 80s businesswoman she's working girl with this like red business suit and blue spandex with this painted like kabuki like white face this and it's is like weirder. this person does not look like jennifer beals no it does not so when you are just highlighting i feel like that they just told the stance double make your eyes as wide as you humanly possibly can because her look eyes like are jennifer so beals because yeah. her eyes are so but huge. instead she just looks she just looks affrighted. terrified yeah this is weirder than most stuff I've seen in Brooklyn. And that yeah. is saying something. <laughs> that is, that because is saying I've something. seen, I, I have seen some things in my time. And I'm like, I, but I hadn't seen this. No, uh, no. And then it, for this end audition, it's just like, it's just the dance double. And I'm just like, we're oh, not yeah. even trying to hide. I'm just like, this is not, this is a different human They're using the hair as the shield they trying, here. Well, they're trying to hope that you're just looking at the dancing. You're looking at like the yeah. body, the lines, and that the hair is obscuring. For She's sure. got this great, like big curly hair. And it works to an extent. But I'm like, I could have used a, you could have gone a little, done a little more work to show. That's also her to pretend. big moment it's the culmination of the whole film for this character so we don't get any emotional insert shots nothing just before it like when she screws up right and then at the end i was just kind of like i would have liked some emotion registering on her face instead of these character actor judges maybe that wasn't in the script maybe that was just jennifer beals like let me just try to do this one number and then she immediately screwed can I start up again? Like, can we start again can and I then just my dance tag double? teamed out with the dance double <laughs> you take it from here uh yes she aspire alex aspires to become a professional dancer despite having no formal dance training we meet her friends who work at mobbies including genie a waitress trained to be a figure skater and genie's boyfriend short order cook richie i hate yikes yikes i mean he is saddled with just an awful i don't i I won't put all the blame on the actor because he's saddled with some awful characterization and some of the worst jokes i've ever heard from coming out of a supposed stand-up comic mm-hmm. uh which is what he oh, aspires to be to yikes. LA. yikes indeed uh one night alex catches the eye of customer nick hurley who happens to be the owner of the steel mill where she works nick begins to pursue her though alex turns down his advances at first she's a very intelligent person yeah i'm not gonna date my boss who bt dubs is almost twice my age exactly the actor michael nori was 37 and she was 18 when they filmed so he's oh okay i was looking at the year that it came out i thought he was like 38 and she was like 20 but regardless it's uh 
too much. Yeah, yeah. But I was he's like approaching her like at on the job. It's like you I can't know. be doing this like here. I was like, if I'm in this movie playing the Nick character, mm-hmm. you know, already a better movie. Already better. Jennifer Thank Beals you. as Alice, as Nick, Amy Jo Jackson. Thank you, uh, but. Regardless, if I am like approaching a 20 year old actor in a romantic way at my age of almost 38 at this point, Mm -hmm. that's uncomfortable. You make an entire movie about that and call it The Graduate, you know, like it's (laughs) like that's probably the age difference between Dustin Hoffman and Bangkok. Probably exactly right. And it's you're kind of like, I don't know about this. I know. Well, I mean, you know, uh, how many weeks ago we did My Cousin Vinny of the difference between Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei. It's, That's true. It's She wasn't 18, but she probably, she wasn't that far off. And it's I'm, he was like, what, in his 50s? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, this is tale as old as time as far as Hollywood goes. Oh, I know. I think it helps that in My Cousin Vinny, they don't look as the the age difference doesn't read in most of the scenes as significantly as it does here. And also because you understand Marissa Tomei has more agency this is very than true. Alex, where you're like, oh, she's, what's I, going on? I mean, she, well, the she prob- does. The problem is the power imbalance. Exactly. Is that like, I feel like if it was not, if he wasn't the boss at her job, it would feel very different. Whereas like Vinny met uh, Marissa Tomei. Mona like, Lisa. Vinny met Mona Lisa at, her dad's garage like they were yeah. both there if yeah, anything course, she had course, more power than he did that's the bigger to... problem i i don't think that he reads so much older than her he except doesn't. for when they're showing like he is her boss and they're he at the is... restaurant and it's all like fancy i was like this is I'm when she's in the tuxedo when she's in the tuxedo no, like, i was that... too, i was too distracted by the amazing tuxedo that was a power move that was awesome however the Oh, now we're introducing like I have money because I own question mark. That this... I was like, do they ever go to his place? Are, are they only? She throws a place? rock through well, his yes, window. But she like she, they never go back to his place. Am I wrong in that? I feel like he's always just going he's to her, her the warehouse, the abandoned warehouse that she lives in with Grunt the, it pit, the dog. It's curious. It's 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 ve- uncomfortable. I was like, I was very, ve- I just found it very odd that like they're never going back to his place because it's not like oh he's secretly a prince and doesn't want her to know because now what if she only wants it for his money secretly a prince secretly a prince who's hiding out from his royal duties by pretending to own a steel mill a hundred percent however like she knows he's the boss there's she knows he has more money than she does he signs her paychecks you know like there's so like why not bring her home and impress her yeah i don't know it's i mean all- he's got the car he's got the car like that seems yeah. to be like this is to impress you since you're true. just riding a bike around you don't have your own car uh i don't know it's, it's peculiar we'll, we'll we'll talk more about nick when we when we get when we talk cool, to him cool, and cool, the, cool, cool, the characters uh and she's all, alex is also approached by old johnny c old leaving himself who wants alex to dance at his nearby strip club zanzibar for being uh a proprietor of another establishment he seems to spend literally all his time at mobby's he's trying to poach the the dancers he gets he's ordering burgers well, and sitting there and being like Hey, applause. He can still enjoy the place. And and as I said, you know, you don't you don't crap where you eat, where he's also trying to pick people up. He's he's try, really trying sure, to poach sure, them sure. to sleep with them as well. Sure, sure, or sure, sure, just sure. full-blown assault them and rape them in the street. Sure, 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 uh, sure. Which makes, I mean, you know, you can, well, we don't see him too much at Zanzibar's. We only get a brief little bettina at Zanzibar's That's later on. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Uh, so after seeking counsel from her mentor, retired ballerina Hannah Long, Alex attempts to apply to the Pittsburgh Conservatory of Dance and Repertory, but becomes intimidated by the application process and leaves without applying. And all of these obnoxious dancers in the hallway. There's one dancer, this I couldn't get over. 
There's one dancer who's sitting down on the bench and she's like talking to this this like young man like trying to like silently coach his port-a-bras. Mm-hmm. That's where your hands go if I'm going to just like put it out there for the lay person. So like she's P- port-a-bras like, means where your hands go. It's basically like oh. when your hands are like over your head and mm. like what at what point are I mean I'm I'm describing it really poorly, but basically like your port-a-bras is like the the point at which I'm sure it means something in French. I've forgotten all of that. But like, yeah, if you're seeing someone move from like second position to first position to fifth position, those all have different feet and hand positions and the port bras and the hand position. So she's like adjusting, like she's like, and like, where's the line? She's like saying all these coachy things that just felt like, Aren't you auditioning too? Like it just felt like the kind of thing that as someone who maybe they're a couple and it's like maybe Nick so. or, or you know Bobby, you can't screw this up. We both got to get in. But as someone who auditioned for grad programs as an actor a number of times, this totally took me back to like these people like ostentatious and it's different when you're dancing because you do need to warm up your body in a different way than you need to warm up your voice but like it just took me back to all these obnoxious actors like very ostentatiously warming up to show people how serious of an actor they are and I was like mm. ah. like I was having flashbacks <laughs> to all of that watching them being like talking about you know you know well really you be I, I could have this. used more people like fully like oh I'm doing practicing like my routine in the hallway of Alex like having to like oh excuse me pardon me trying to get by that would have made more sense than let me coach you on like where your chin should go which it it, looking at that dancer he knows where his chin should go like he i could tell that that actor is an actual dancer anyway it made me larf (laughs) leaving mobbies one evening richie and alex are assaulted by johnny c and his bodyguard cecil Nick inter- His name is Cecil? It's either Cecil or Cecil. It is. Oh, my it's, gosh. It's, I, I don't know the pronunciation of one way or the other. But, I just uh, remember. He does not read as a Cecil or Cecil. No, he reads as. He reads he as like, like a Jonah Hill. Brock or, yeah. yeah, Brock or Brick or, you know, uh, Spud or, or something like, like that. Tony. Yeah, he he. This bodyguard looks like he should be like following around like Biff and Back to the Future. He looks, or he's like yes. yeah, some. What well, he's he's kind of trying to nose in as one of the the T birds in uh, in Greece. Uh, he could have been like a stand-in for that whichever one, the Tucci, the one that was way too Sunny. so much Michael older. Tucci. Yes, Michael yeah, yeah, Tucci. yeah. Uh, so Nick a lot is, less witty than Michael Tucci though. Just want to give props to the Tucci, you know. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, Nick intervenes, and after taking Alex home, the two begin a relationship. In a skating competition, we see Jeannie, who falls twice during her performance. Yes, surprise ice skating, like, strong moment here, which I totally didn't expect. which is Full figure skating moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are now a full... It's great where they're just like, okay, we need to show all these examples of people failing at their dreams, but they can't be dancing. So what's another one? Oh, we've got one guy's a stand-up comic. He'll fail in LA. We'll have, uh, so what's something that's like dancing? Figure skating. Figure skating. And she'll fall. And then so when uh, Alex falls at the end, the audience will be like, oh, remember when Jeannie fell? Is Alex just going to sit there and uh, give not up. move? She's going to give up on the floor. Uh, it's, it's It all... It's a, what a great setup and payoff. It really, so much thought sure, that sure, went into that. Sure. Uh, but yes, Jeannie falls and has to be helped away. Richie breaks up with Jeannie and leaves Pittsburgh to try his luck in LA as a stand-up comic, which- After like three yikes, times on stage. Yikes. And truly. just truly some of the worst material I've seen. Just, wow. 
like they show him like bombing to the crowd and then he just like kind of throws out a few like i think stealers like just a few like sports he, references. he makes the joke about like hey if you don't laugh i'm gonna put cockroaches in your burgers yes, and then he continues like with that. the same polish jokes he was doing before yeah. and people are like now it's hilarious right well now i'm laughing because i'm worried you're gonna put cockroaches in my burger he's not actually they don't actually find him funny they just are worried that if they don't laugh he's going to <laughs> Food. Uh, but yeah, he leaves to go to LA and Jeannie begins going out with Johnny C and works for him at Zanzibar. And finding out that she's working as a stripper, Alex drags her out in what to me is a very big overreaction, which I mean, unless Zanzibar has this uh, this reputation, like Alex is saying, like, what, you're gonna make money like on your back? And I'm like, is this is that I don't Zanzibar? Know. I it don't know. She's just a strip club. She did seem kind of drugged too like genie yeah mm. i did wonder if like oh is she also like is this are we supposed to interesting glean from this that it's it, she's gone from being like a wholesome which she wasn't even dancing at mobby's genie she was just the, she's the waitress the waitress yeah. and an ice skater so going from this very like clean scrubbed kind of thing to like now i take my top off and let guys shove ones in my underwear which is a very common thing even in like burlesque like no big deal when you're doing go-go like that's what like people will do but and and it's it's uh, the the dancer has agency in those situations like it's it's fine and it's good but like with this it seemed to be painting it in a very tawdry light right. and yeah they're all topless which i think is the big distinction at least right. for the characters in true, what's true. acceptable and but she did seem like a little to me seemed like a little drugged out and a little less like perky and herself than we normally see so yeah. i was wondering if maybe i was supposed to be thinking that she is like drunk or yeah, drugged and like actually that the, the main thing is the overall lifestyle shift that this indicates well it doesn't help when you've got that when that care you've got that character's dad <laughs> Oh my gosh! That guy this is might terrible. be like the least supportive, one of the least supportive father characters. And I've then seen when in a film. he like cries and is like, "I never loved nothing more than you," I'm like, "Okay, but you can't just turn that on when she's had a bad day. Like maybe if you weren't so, so relentlessly mean to her all the time, <sighs> she wouldn't have crumbled under the pressure." Yeah. Just, yeah. dude. And then we never see that guy again. <laughs> Thankfully. Uh, Alex gains the courage to apply to the conservatory. Nick uses connections with the Arts Council to get Alex an audition. Now, hold on. I understand you have made this a decent length so that we can get through it, but you have skipped the moment when Nick goes into the office and says to the woman who's sitting there, who's like telling everyone, like, make sure when you fill out the application, blah, blah, blah. He's like, hello, there was a woman in here, blah, 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 wearing a bomber jacket. And she is in the middle of chewing, puts her sandwich under like the little desk alcove and then spends conservatively like 45 seconds, <laughs> like, mm, um, mm. Mm, chewing like, her mm, sandwich. Mm, like uh, gesturing, uh, like one sec, one sec. I, I'm so sorry, so sorry. Lotsy. Just like this, oh, this handsome, this handsome m -m 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 man is here. Like, but I oh kept it to the talk because I've had too much peanut I can't, I can't butter. Be spitting out this peanut butter sandwich. Oh yeah, <laughs> It takes her so long to like get it down and swallow. And she's like, mm, good afternoon. I mean, sir. on the one hand, good on this character actor for like taking your moment, but on the other hand, what am I looking at? Well, I didn't know that we get this character has got. An arc that we start with her Fully. being like, you know, where Alex, she's the one giving everyone like, please write down like however many years of dance training you have and where if you, you have most recently studied. Then Alex really? runs off. And then this time where she like actually is like signs up and Nick goes to talk to her. And then she's one of the judges at the end. And she's the one that's like fully like 
Man, Clapping if this is, if this is the voice, is breakdancing. she's hitting that button and oh, spinning her chair button. around. I have not watched the voice, but that's my understanding. They got it. They hit the button and your chairs spin around uh, until the end. Oh, no, it's that poor over. girl. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, Nick uses his connections and Alex is furious with him as she did not get the opportunity based on her own merit and decides not to go through with the audition. But seeing the results of her friend's failed dreams and after the sudden death of Hannah, Alex decides to go through with the audition uh, where she initially falters and then begins again and takes up this dance double completely takes over we get some hilarious judge extra acting There's, this one with they're doing the cigar the one with the cigar and glasses uh and the one that looks like he could be harold ramus's stand-in on ghostbusters who's got like a cold and he's <gasps> constantly like sniffing at this tissue yep uh and of course this redhead this iconic redhead who i wish she was still eating that sandwich in the scene as well like, she's just <laughs> always so hungry but she's so proud she's just a little of Alex. Even it's like, but like, why? I, okay, sure, 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 sure. And yes, she pops out after the audition, and Alex, not the redhead. Yes, judge. Alex. Alex pops out, joyously emerging to find Nick and her dog Grunt waiting for her with a bouquet of roses and freeze frame. Freeze frame. <laughs> the most important thing is uh, that this movie ends on a freeze frame. It has to. You, that's how you know you're in the eighties. That's it's the eighties. Yes. Uh, I, w- I wish it was a high five, but I will take whatever I, I can get. I would have liked the high five. I could have used, I think it should have been like them. They've got the roses. And then you, you grunt, you just kind of do like a little leap Jumps. into the air, oh, freeze frame with I'm this with dog. I'm with you. I see it. I love it. <laughs> Missed opportunity flash dance. This dog is great. This dog is one of my favorite characters. Grunt. I love the first shot of this film is Jennifer Beals is like going to ride her bike and she sees like in silhouette this teeny tiny kitten. It's so teeny. I'm like, oh, this kitten isn't going to survive on the hard streets of Pittsburgh. And she just then rides along and it's like, you got, you know, if, if you're trying to do the whole save the cat you're protecting the saves the cat they can't just pet a cat they gotta actually help the, pet cat. the cat and then she got home and we, we meet grunt the dog i was like oh that's why if she brought this cat home this that dog, dog is, eat is eating good tonight meets back on the menu boys <laughs> <laughs> uh the casting director of flash dance was gretchen rennell rennell has also cast such films as the color of money children of a lesser god the horse whisperer and runaway bride wow uh so right off the bat Adrian Lyne, not the first pick to direct. Brian De Palma was going to direct, but turned it down to do Scarface instead. That seems more in line with the De Palma I know. It does, but, and then David Cronenberg was considered to direct. (gasps) And I don't know, why are you getting like, this is such the op feels like the opposite of material for exactly. De Palma and Cronenberg and even Adrian Lyne. But although this was so early in uh, Adrian Lyne's career before he was then doing, you know, nine and a half weeks in Fatal Attraction. At least those are like sexy movies. And this like is like sort right. of a, well, trying pa- to be a sexy movie. Brian makes like a sexy thriller. But this isn't a thriller. No, it certainly is not. Yeah. Curious. I don't. I don't know why those two were sought outside people just being will like offer you guys are anything, talented. You, know? you want to do flash dance? I don't know. I don't know. But let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance. And Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. So let's kick it off with Alex Owens. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Jennifer Beals and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? She's she's really good. You know, I mean, she does none of the dancing, which is like, I think, not necessarily critical, but there are people who can and who also can act. So that would have been 
I would have liked a bit. Of, she doesn't, I, it doesn't have to be doing all the dancing. But like right before we were recording, I was saying like the amount that Kevin Bacon does in Footloose yeah. is like 50% more than Jennifer I Beals feel does. badly about how I was like ragging on how they shot Kirsten Dunst for Drop Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> and it's like, man, she's practically doing all her own tapping compared, compared to, to this, this, you know? Yeah, I could use a bit more of like, even if it's like, okay, like there's like in the, the audition scene, she does like that one move where it's like kind of like the, it's almost like the jump and jive where she keeps doing like the, she's the punching kicking one the leg air out and punching and the, the air. Yeah. And like, and then in that same shot that she does a million spins, but I'm like, you could have these be two separate shots. Yeah. So you can get a bit of Jennifer Beals. Is That's what, what I, I mean like. is like, especially in the finale there, I like want, I want the actor to be a part of it. Now look, like I know in like Black Swan, there was a lot of talk about like how much they use the dance double versus like Natalie Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman, yeah. you know? And I know that there was where the, uh, I don't want to say scandal, but where the like, chatter was was about like the fact that they were trying to really downplay what the double did and well if you're like you know you're getting if you're if the debate is like are you getting the oscar as an actor or as an actor who's also you've trained to do this thing and she did a lot of training like honestly oh natalie portman yes this here's the thing that is like i am not a dancer but i have spent many years taking dance classes and like I'm in musical theater. You're so an actor like, who moves. I'm an actor who moves. And I, I also like know a lot. I'm very close with a lot of dancers and I've spent a lot of time hearing dancers talk about dancing. Like it's adjacent to what I do. Yeah. So hearing, like hearing them talk about and like looking, like I can look at someone and be like, yeah, I can tell that they have ballet training based on the way that their hands exist in space when they're dancing. Like it's as simple as that. And so like, that's one of the things that I know that Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis like worked really hard on was so that they could do a still shot where you're like getting their their face and their arms, their porta bra before they then go and doing some really technical stuff. That is harder than it sounds. Yeah. Like being I like I wonder how much time they had between her Jennifer Bills being cast and when they were filming. Mm, I would not be surprised if it was not like, enough. We're, yeah. we're gonna kind of throw this movie together and try to make some money so we got a hit soundtrack and we've got okay we've got these filming locations Mm -hmm. let's get this together cast like who's an attractive young woman she's got great screen presence she can't really dance we don't have time because we're gonna go start filming next week i don't know the production history-wise but i wouldn't be surprised if she had like no time to even start to train the thing about her being an untrained dancer should work in the actor's favor she doesn't have to have good porta she doesn't have to like have clean lines because she wasn't trained that way you know so like but she must just not be good at dancing (laughs) like (laughs) you know which is totally fine um and and she is very charming and i I like her a lot. I find Alex very likable because of Jennifer Beals's performance. Um, yeah, agreed. So I I like her. I don't have a ton of thoughts. This is a person that would not have been appropriate for this role in 1983, but kept coming to mind because of the eyes and the dancing, and that's Liza. Like a a young Liza. I mean, because Liza also won a Tony when she was nineteen. Yeah. You know, like she was she was working yeah, from a decade an earlier, early the 1972 age. version. I would maybe be interested yeah. in that. You know, Liza's also very scrappy and someone who dances with the kind of like full throttle enthusiasm required for this part. Um, and then the person I'm most interested in for this part, even at this age when she was at this stage when she was maybe a little too old, but I, I kind of don't care, is Debbie Allen. Mm-hmm. That's like. Yep. Also, then you, you know, I think so much of this is like this, this working class component, but like the stories that weren't being told in the 80s were also like, well, how does race intersect with that, you know, and 
Debbie Allen is great. Uh, and I think would have been really, really fun in this and could have done her own dancing. So definitely. those are my main thoughts. There's other people I'm like, sure, yeah. if you're doubling them, then fine. But right. I kind of don't care. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Jennifer Beals is very charming in this. Um, I think, I mean, it's such a like, it's a melodramatic script. It's kind of a simple, mm-hmm. like. Light on the plot. Very, so light on the plot. I was like. The, the like these montages and then like we've got like I'm dancing with a cop in the street. Why? Yes, yeah, no the good street, reason. Walking the break dancers, which is like sets up the, like the break dancing at the end. The yes, break dancing thing is fine. It's when oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. W- the end of that sequence when then she's like, mm-hmm. I'm learning to do these cop moves. Yeah. <laughs> what for? Um, but it feels like there's like oh we're really stretching out the clock and this film is barely over ninety minutes. That's like we are just why trying to kill time. To why get didn't we get credits. a number from heels? You know, why did we only I, get a number from Tina Tech? Well, here's the thing. Um, the original cut of the film was two hours and 20 minutes long. What? <laughs> Wait, are you joking? No. <gasps> uh, it was almost two and a half hours. And then they told Adrian Lyon, like, absolutely, you have to cut this down. So I don't know what the, like, director's cut of this would look like. Was there no middle ground? I, d- I don't know. Well, I know. I think they were kind of demanded, like, we want this to be barely over 90 minutes because we want this to be, like, a quick, surefire hit. So uh-huh. get a quick easy breezy beautiful cover girl wow sorry that really yeah. got me no it's so this was a pittsburgh epic a pittsburgh dance epic so i don't know i'm sure there were more numbers i'm sure that heels one of the other dancers with this great heels necklace uh i'm sure she had her own number mm-hmm. as well uh because we really get one full number uh from tina tech the manhunt which is great so good so much so glitter good. Like she was wearing glitter tights, I'm sure. But then the rest of her body is like I have from having worked in the burlesque world. It's it's hard to get that much glitter to adhere to your body. She she spent a long time slicking herself up to be able to crawl around the stage and look that glittery. And it was hard to get all that glitter off. Oh, well, don't don't talk about that. Uh, And I did want to mention because I just I haven't seen a lot else of Jennifer Beals of like the other stuff she was in like that more recently, like in the L word and she was in the, they mm-hmm. did a TV series version of the movie taken that she was in that ran for like two seasons, uh, things like that. Um, I may mainly from, of course the, uh, Nick cage film vampires kiss, uh, right. which I think she's delightful in, but you also know her Amy Cho from, you don't have to tell me two years after Flashdance is the fairy tale theater episode of Cinderella, which I had to look up. So Jennifer Beals and Matthew Broderick yes, do. Yes, as Cinderella as, and the prince. But I looked it up and I was like, you've also got Gene Stapleton as fairy godmother. You sure do. But then you've got like, and, and almost starring all stars of a cast, because you've got as some character, Bertha, Edie McClurg from Ferris Bueller. Oh. And as this evil stepmother, the principal from Greece herself, Eve Arden. I'm like, that is a stack. I cast. haven't watched Cinderella in years. The fairy tale theater one, mm-hmm. of course. Like that was one that we had, but we didn't watch as much as like, say, The Dancing Princess is starring Peter Weller and Leslie Ann Warren and, you know, Roy Dotris, you know, or so, so many, so many others. The Hansel and Gretel starring uh, Joan Collins in the dual role of Hansel and Gretel's evil stepmother and the witch. I, I thought you were going to say Joan Collins in a dual role as Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> like, no, what? Hansel is, uh, what's his name? Like Ricky so-and-so was like a child star who would then go on to be on oh. a million seasons oh, of yes. NYPD uh, Blue. Ricky Schroeder. Yes, that's Hansel, mm, yes, baby. Yes, 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 looking yes, like yes. a sweet little German boy. Yes, anyway, the point is we, there's a lot that we watched a lot of, but that's one that I don't have like stuck in my mind in the right. same way. Right. But I'm sure that's also why I'm like, 
I love all these character actresses because oh, sure. I'd seen them. Right. In, They'd in been absorbed into the fabric of my mind. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, now, as for who else I would cast for Alex Owens, I could see Irene Cara, who was in fame in 1980 as Coco, which mm-hmm. then she won the Oscar for this film for singing What a Feeling. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, which I'm like, I forget if she, I don't remember how much she dances in fame. I mean, cause Alex doesn't need to sing in this film. Um, but well, but it's like a dance performer. Yeah. It's a dance heavy film. I also had Debbie Allen. If this was made just a few years later, I could see Jennifer gray. Mm -hmm. Uh, just thinking of other actors that we know that have that don't, uh, and if this was made like a decade later, I could see young Catherine Zeta Jones, I think would be really right in this. And if this was made today, if they make a remake of this today, she acts, she dances incredibly. Get me Zendaya. That's, that's who I I want. You're totally right. I think would be, like knock this role out of the park if mm-hmm. someone felt like remaking this role. and then you could use close-ups of her face and then move into a close-up of her dance of right, her, her feet exactly <laughs> but they could be the same shot the same you shot. could go top to bottom and be no. like look at this the same person like that's what you want is like you do like the insert shots it's just the face just the hands just the feet but then you're on the feet and you're like, oh, it's so impressive. Like, this can't be here. And then you pan out. And that's what I, you want. You whoa, trick the whoa, audience. And you're whoa. like, that's right. It's all Zendaya. That's like when you pan out and see someone's actually playing the piano. That's like yes, seeing Kate Blanchett so as Hedda Gabler. Seeing her do that. And I was like, oh, right. I forgot Kate Blanchett legit chose between do I want to be an Academy Award winning actress or a celebrated concert pianist? Because oh, she's wild. incredible. Oh. And so normally Hedda Gabler goes and plays behind a curtain. Mm-hmm. Not when Not Kate Blanchett plays her. She's like, leave the piano on stage, baby. I want everyone to see that I spent many, many years going. I mean, what can't she do? She played piano and no special effects were required for when she turns into a spooky, scary monster in that one moment in Fellowship of the Ring. Not a one. Uh, so as for the actors who were actually up for the role of Alex, Jennifer Beals was the final three. And there were other two women in the final three was Demi Moore. Interesting. Cause they're the same age. I, I think I, oh, I, I looked up Jennifer possibly, Beals. I don't, I don't remember. I think Demi Moore is age, like one of the, uh, either the year born the year before or the same year, which I her. can totally see. Sure. I can totally see yes. Demi Moore in that. Uh, and this actor I was not familiar with Leslie wing, uh, who I looking her up, it seemed that her biggest credit was to me, unfortunately, but you know what? Make that money is as Zac Efron's mother in the high school musical trilogy. You and know, maybe she's dancing in that it. for all I know. She's dancing in that. Maybe she could actually dance. I don't know. I do not know. You don't have the information. But I I love that she's still still in the business, still going strong. Good for Leslie Wing. Uh, Kim Basinger was considered, but apparently the producers declined to screen test her. Don't know why. Uh, This was the same year she did Never Say Never Again, which was when Sean Connery like came back to the Bond movies. Like mm. he, he clearly was like mm-hmm. not Fine. not crazy that Roger Moore had taken over. All I was right. like, I can I can I can make some more money on this shy think. Um <laughs> I gotta buy another houseboat. But then she Kim Basinger would do nine and a half weeks with Adrian Lyne. Here's the thing. I don't have like LA Confidential is probably the thing I right. most know Kim Basinger uh, like I, that I, uh, her performance which I'm most familiar with. But like she is someone who I think of of like more like a Blanche Dubois, like a faded Williams heroine. Even when she was younger, just like there's that kind of like there's a reserve and there's like a, a I just feel like I smell wealth on her in a way that would not 
translate to this exactly you know which is not to say she couldn't do it but i just you know there's certain people who you're like like nicole kidman playing someone scrappy and poor is like Mm -hmm. i don't know (laughs) that i believe that even if i don't really know like her background growing up but there's just you know it's that's more to me where i think like but when she's like around this age and doing dead calm like nicole kidman just thinking of like the earliest thing i saw Mm -hmm. her in she still just reads like there is like a certain class that she reads and i mean yeah that's you know and there are we've all seen the undoing we've all seen the scarves of the undoing that's where she lives the coats the coats there are people who uh like actors who are good at transcending uh through playing like different classes and everything and then there are actors who are not and i don't think that is inherently good or bad but i think it's important when you're doing a film like this where it's like yeah i have two jobs and i i have not been able to take dance classes because i've got two jobs and it's like not like i don't fit in with all these people in their pink tights and yeah. their you know perfect point shoes and everything definitely i agree lorraine brocco was considered no which way interesting i am in. into that i kind of dig that i love it jamie lee curtis auditioned okay and like that's okay. what yes I yes want. i'm into it this is the same year as trading places so she was doing just fine like mm. that she was like well on her way i think jamie lee career. curtis did okay so you know and then jamie lee curtis i think we all know jamie lee curtis uh went on to be jamie lee curtis yeah but i'm also thinking of like perfect which is not dance but is right. like so athletic and she's doing yeah. all of that you know sure so is. i feel like she probably would have been able to do more of the dancing simply because she clearly has more like Oh, just physicality yeah. than jennifer beals yeah 100 percent agree i'm definitely interested in the jamie lee curtis version uh gina davis auditioned interesting talking about those big old eyes oh yeah yes and the big mop of curly hair oh I, yeah yeah i do think the hair deserves special recognition i mean it's that look the look the, the hair with the sweatshirt the collarless yep. sweatshirt which was a happy accident because that was jennifer gray's own sweatshirt jennifer gray jennifer beals jennifer beals <laughs> jennifer beals own sweatshirt that she brought to the set but it had shrunk in the wash so she couldn't fit it over her head so she had to cut the collar out and then that became like a fashion sensation wow i mean i personally love uh, a shirt with the collar removed you know cut it out. it's just like uh you know sometimes you just want to slightly adjust the temp you know so thanks just jen my, i want to be nice and warm but i want my neck cool just keeping the neck cool look it's true like you the got opposite it. of a turtleneck can you, you just remove oh, the i neck? can't do turtlenecks unless they're no. sleeveless <laughs> this yeah. is my problem <laughs> <laughs> i've got to have something missing something's from... <laughs> got to breathe okay i need options i'm very heat sensitive uh Bo derrick was considered which i yeah but no 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 bridget fonda audition oh. she feels also very young for very for it, like Fonda. extremely and just mainly knowing her from like the 90s of how young she reads then you look at videos of her mother doing her workouts around this time and her mother barely looks older than i know she was but it's like you know jane fonda was a fox so it's yes. like she's looking like should should her offspring be old <laughs> enough to be considered speaking of famous offspring melanie griffith audition that totally makes sense yeah and B- body double was 84 which mm-hmm. was kind of like the thing that helped launched like her, launch yeah. her yeah she got like a golden globe nomination for that and then it was like something wild and then of course working girl i'm very interested episode. actually in in I melanie like griffith i like the idea of melanie griffith i this. like it a lot yeah i think especially like very young just thinking about how good she is in working girl and how a lot of what works for her in working girl would also really serve her well in this film melanie griffith 
as Alex with Harrison Ford as Nick Turner. Now, now we're talking. Now we're talking. I'm in. Now that. we have a movie. Mike Nichols Flashdance <gasps> with Joan Cusack as Jeannie. <gasps> as I, Joan, Joan Cusack, Cusack on as the as ice. ice skating. Joan Cusack on the ice. Joan on ice. <laughs> Joan on ice. <laughs> now I feel robbed that I haven't seen such a thing. <laughs> Could you imagine? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I'm pitching. I'm pitching my new ice skating spectacular, Joan on ice. I'm and listening. It's just, all of these ice skaters going through the career of Joan Cusack. So you have a De Debbie Jelinski like ice number <gasps> to, to the Adams family theme. Oh my god. You've gosh. got you got working girl to uh, uh let the river run. You've got yes, like, yes, yes you have yes. the Joan Joan on Ice show of uh of all Joan Cusack characters. Okay. There is a Billy on the street where he like runs someone through a Meryl Streep like um oh like obstacle course and it's all these different people dressed as Meryl in different <gasps> movies. <laughs> now I'm going to have to make you watch it cuz it is so I, funny. I it, 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 what is it like you have to like you're conf she's, he confronting them with these Merrells to be like who who is this Meryl? No, it was like Meryl now from, you or? have to do this and Meryl from doubt is blah 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 blah. blah. Oh, like I would I would ace this. I would love. I would love it, yes, this. we'll watch this it. We'll watch Meryl it after Oscar, this, of course. Uh, that would be great. Uh, Daryl Hannah was considered. Oh yeah, sure. which this uh, Blade Runner was the year before, and then Splash was the year after this. Mm -hmm. So that was like snug right in between. In the time. So like, yeah, that was like you're, she's sitting pretty. Daryl Hannah, yeah. career wise, that was like a great one-two punch. A Blade Runner and Splash for her. Helen Hunt auditioned. So that was interesting. I do. That I definitely buy Helen Hunt as like you pull the mask. You know the the monogrammed mask welder's mask of alex and Hawk there's to reveal helen, helen hunt. hunt i definitely see that uh but in pittsburgh um i don't know what what, what is she, where does she read to you I, regionally like just she has that really hard r that to me reads more like southern i don't actually know where helen, helen Hunt's hunt from or holly hunter oh i'm thinking holly hunter you're thinking holly hunter i'm well you know holly hunter turned it down because she didn't like the script so holly hunter was also considered look i didn't mean to be uh a genius but i was you were um <laughs> so i actually i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you about holly hunt uh helen, bonnie hunt helen maybe hunt. Bon yes life with bonnie's bonnie hunt. <laughs> jumanji's, jumanji's bonnie, bonnie hunt. Hunt. jerry Maguire's <laughs> bonnie hunt uh, <laughs> Look, I have no room to good, complain. Good because, Bonnie uh, hunting. Uh, and people Bonnie confuse hunt. me with the Pink Power Ranger all the time. Amy so jo oh, wait, are you, you're telling me that you're not Amy Jo Johnson? Surprise! Wait, Sorry, I, five years of marriage. I not four. I've been How long married. Are we married? That that is like my friend Steve, <laughs> the best man at my wedding. When I originally, you originally thought that I was dating the Pink Power Ranger. I don't think he literally thought that. But when I said that your name was Amy Jo Jackson, he was like. The Pink Power Ranger? <laughs> You're like, she is uh, a bit older and lives in Canada. So, incorrect. Oh, boy. Yeah, no. Um, no, but Helen Hunt and Holly Hunter, neither were considered. I, I'm great. I, <laughs> I could see, which I don't think, as far as I know, they never had, but I could see them having gone through, like, a whole Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman. Like, am I thinking of Helen Hunt or Holly Hunter? Look, I'm embarrassed, but also I'm glad that by me, by me doing a, a nice, strong, hard R, you knew which uh, <laughs> I person. Immediately, it's like that's got to be a Holly Hunter impression if I ever heard one. <laughs> that's every Holly Hunter movie is this like, all right, now look, just because I'm only standing at five foot two doesn't mean I'm not going to chew you out, William Hurt. <laughs> it doesn't matter if William Hurt's not in the movie. I'm still, it's always going to be broadcast news. It's always going to be broadcast news is Holly Hunter. Uh, and yeah, Holly Hunter is not from Pittsburgh, not with his accent. Heck no. Heck, Heck no. No. Saving Grace is Holly Hunter. Uh, I believe that was her 
USA show. Uh, yeah, Tatum O'Neill was considered. Oh, wow. That's a real mind bendy time thing there because obviously, like Tatum O'Neill. Now, Tatum O'Neill, Fairy Tale Theater, was in Goldilocks and the Three Bears. I have Goldilocks. that written down as my note next to to bring and up, which would be the, the, dad, the next year, 1984. Is the Goldilocks. dad, John Lithgow. Oh, John Lithgow as the, wait, the da- who's dad? Is the bear? Goldilocks' oh, father. Goldilocks' father. Oh, I was hoping you'd say he's Papa Bear. Who's no, just, sadly, John Lithgow, no. You know what? Remember. John Lithgow should be playing all through the bears. That's what I'd want to see. I'd want to see a, tr- <laughs> a trio, a uh, trio role. What would, I don't know how you'd say that, but a, a real where he's playing all three bears. Yeah. John Lithgow, you know, he's got the range. That's all I'll say. He's uh, really going to have to be working hard to make himself appear like a tiny little baby, but I believe with the magic of cinema, we can make it happen. You just you put him on his knees and he's fine. It's all movie magic. Come on. TV magic. Shelly Duvall magic. Shelly Duvall magic. Yes. TV magic. The magic of the television. Uh, we already said Holly Hunter turned it down. Jennifer Jason Lee auditioned, which to me definitely reads. Yeah. Can we do the blue collar? I can see that. Reads. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Heather Locklear was rumored to play the lead role. Huh. I don't necessarily see that, but Heather Locklear, underrated. She, as someone who watched a baj- all bajillion seasons of Spin City, she always brings, uh, I think, a great energy. And super hot, which I will this say is, is probably the people the who made it's main that they consideration. Were for. Yeah. How is this actor going to look when we put them wearing just the tuxedo dicky with no shirt? What about the shots of her and the leotard? How's that going to come across? Hot? Put her on the list. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Andy McDowell turned it down. Huh. Which well, is got the interesting hair. because this is before... Her first on-screen credit was the next year, so of how she turned it, unless it was that she was already filming, which was uh, her film debut, which was Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes, with Christopher Lambert as Tarzan. I was going to say maybe it's because she's like, no, I don't want to do this kind of movie, which is entirely possible. entirely possible. But you saying the title of that. Makes me wonder what kind oh, the of title movie Greystoke? that was. Greystoke colon, The Legend of Tarzan, comma, Lord of the Apes. Correct. Correct, correct. But maybe with Christopher was... Lambert, that's also part of the title, yeah, with Christopher yeah, Lambert yeah, 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 as Tarzan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe she was wearing a lot of layers, you know? I don't know. Maybe that was the issue. It could be. It could be. But yeah, no, it was a no for Andy McDowell. Michelle Pfeiffer auditioned, which... I mean, it's it's Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer it's can the dance. Pfeiffer can dance, I We've believe. seen Cool Rider. Yes, that's true. I was like, what am I thinking of where she could dance? She's dancing, cool she's dancing away at the end of Cool Rider. She's standing on a ladder, <laughs> making it work. She can make anything work, that Michelle Pfeiffer. I'd be into that Sharon Stone audition. Sure, of course. Sure. Super hot. Yes, very true. Uh, Deborah Winger was considered, but dropped out to do Terms of Endearment. Better Good choice. choice. Get that, your one and as of yet only Oscar nomination, I believe. And Kira Sedgwick, uh, which I just loved. The story of her, she was instructed by her agent to wear a leotard, heels, and no tights. So instead, she wore a mini skirt and heels and auditioned for director Adrian Lyne, whom she berated when he took a call during her audition. So that's a great way to not get cast, but it's a great way for me to remain to retain your integrity. Yeah, yeah. And if the director's going to take a phone call, yeah, chew him out. Kira Sedgwick doing just fine. The, the closers, okay. Kira Sedgwick. She still has a career. It wasn't like, you know, getting blacklisted for yelling at this director. But like, good on you. Good on you, Kira. Because come on. You're going to bring Adrian. me in here and tell me to not wear tights and everything. And then like, you're going to take a phone call and really yeah. just show me you don't 
care at all. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. And that sound means... There's more! It's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Alex, one was not. Amy chose to guess, which is which. Your options are Sissy Spacek, huh. Carrie Fisher, huh. and Kathy Najimy. Wow. I'm going to say... Wow, Kathy and Jimmy is so left field that I feel like she is probably up for it because that seems like why would you put her in there unless you're like really getting wild uh, as we, you know, approach the year anniversary of this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to say it was not Carrie Fisher. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. As far as she tell, to Carrie me Fisher seems like a considered. logical choice. But so they're like, we are not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, but I could see it. Yes, that's what I think she'd be a great as a very different, option, you know, as like I'm known for Princess Leia. I want to like really, I want to be in a hit movie that is very, very different. Yeah, and centered um, on her. Yeah, Sissy Spacek was considered, but producers decided she was too old for the part. She would have been 33 at the time of filming, which if they're trying to play her off, as she's also 18. supposed to be 18. Um, then yes. Because she'd already won an Oscar. She won an, her Oscar in 1980 for Coal Miner's Daughter. It Wait. feels like, yeah. Although, Cole Matter's daughter, you know, she's she can do the blue collar. Like, I get I yeah. get that. Yeah, no, I, I like it. And Catherine and Jimmy reportedly auditioned, even though, yeah, her first credit isn't until 1991. Till full, like, uh, what is it, eight years later mm. with Soap Dish and The Fisher King. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then, out of the gate with Catherine and Jimmy with Sister Act and Hocus Pocus. Always an MVP. Always an MVP. But let's move on to Nick Hurley. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Michael Norrie, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? It's not this actor's fault. He's so much older than she is, you know. Um, he's fine. I, I, I feel like there are people who I would like better in this part for sure. But I'm also not like, I don't, like you were saying with Richie, I don't put all of the fault on this performance on this actor because I think part of it is the script and how we know nothing about him. Which I will say is most of the time in a movie like this, you know nothing about the female character and the male character is the fully realized person. So the fact that we kind of don't have all of the info filled in on him, even though we get more as it goes along, feels like I'm kind of okay with that. However, he's such a cipher for so long. Yes, he, that I'm own, like, he owns the, he runs the construction company or, or he owns the steel mill or whatever. And then we find out like he's on this arts board or this, whatever, because yeah. she I spots know. him with his, another woman and in, in leaving the, the ballet performance and then so goes to his house and throws a brick through the window and then finds out oh it's his ex-wife that he's got to see only once a year and it's like what like it feels like this guy is also like on this art can get pull with this dance studio it feels like two different characters that they yes. combined into one it genuinely does like when they're at the fancy restaurants and stuff it doesn't seem like the guy who's wandering around. it's not like he's wandering around the steel mill in like a suit and it's like oh the boss is here you know yeah it's it's uh, it's peculiar. So a lot of that I do attribute to the writing and the yeah. way they have costumed him at various points in the film. I, I was kind of surprised because just knowing that I was like, as we'll get to all the actors that were up for this and considering I know this actor best. He is Glenn. Clo he was Glenn Close's uh, philandering husband on the show Damages. Hmm. But that's really like mainly it. And he's in a lot of things and in now like a lot of like TV guest body type things. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still like he's not a guy. If I was like, you know, Mike, you know, 
famous actor, Michael Nori, you'd be like, I, did I not do know not know who that is. No. Right. Um, that I assumed that he was going to be a complete, like, stiff board, like, nothing. Like, I thought, I, I assumed going in that he was going to be, like, have zero charisma. And I was pleasantly surprised that he, I, th- I think he does a perfectly serviceable fine yes. job he's with not what he has to do. so charismatic that it transcends the material no but he's better than the material given Agreed. to him is Agreed. what i would say yeah um i don't have a lot of thoughts because i i do think that ultimately it's yeah i just i yeah. i my problems with the writing the problems are yeah but um i thought like a young jeff goldblum would be very charming in this yes. actually that's what you do you get someone who's just weirder you get like a yes. mo- someone who's like a character lead, a little and more that's off a kilter great great pick jeff goldblum is absolutely someone that i think could be so interesting in this absolutely and you kind of get that like he's n- and i don't think that that the way the actor plays him is creepy but it feels it just everything about it is a little like weirdly predatory and i feel like with jeff goldblum he's weird enough to where you kind of buy like okay he's just not really he's just kind of a weird guy also he's a bit younger than that actor so like oh um jeff goldblum was born in 52 and what's his actor's name uh michael nori michael nori is born in 45 oh, so that is okay. enough of an age difference yeah. to to where it is it's a it shortens that gap yeah, between so be like around like 30 at this time which yes, feels which like he's feels still older but it's you, you, a whatever, little more acceptable yeah. um and then another thought and this would not have been appropriate for the time because he's even older than the other guy but i was like i could see like a james con kind of thing again yeah. someone like charming who you just i don't know also it's like a different era of man that's taught to like go after what you want you know and i right, feel like right. i could kind of see a version where someone like james con is a good enough actor to pull that off in a way i still am able to be like you're it's you're pushing a little too hard but you're not threatening and i like you you totally. know which is what i do think you get with goldblum too is you know like yeah. the that he's not actually going to force himself upon her. Yeah, true. To me, the problem is that, like, it does feel like it's, like, two different characters that they need, where you've got the one who you need someone who is a bit older and more established, and he has got some pull with this dance studio, and that leads to some drama. And and then you have someone, the guy that's involved in the construction company. And I think, honestly, it would work so much better if he's just another guy that worked there with her. And then maybe it's like the pull is kind of like that she's kind of trying to get out as well. And he's content to live the life mm. here. And that's the like the, where the friction comes from. Or another thought is he like works at the place, but he is the son of the owner. There you go. So that way you get that, like, yeah, I go to these or dinners. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even work there. He's just the boss's son. The who's boss's a, who's son. Around. He doesn't even have to be, like, a jerk or anything like that. But he, yeah. like, sees her and it's like, oh, I have an in with this girl because my dad owns this company. And I know all these people in the cultural sector but because you know, you know of what? my no, family. I, I kind of like, not that, he, not that he's a jerk, but he could be, like, a bit of a, a silver spoon. Yeah. You know? Then you have a more interesting conflict with the class right. clashing. She's like, you don't know anything about my life. I yeah. live in this warehouse I'm a welder with my and dog I like and you're it. living in this big house that your dad bought for you. Yeah. And like, that's their, then their we have that's, that's plot, something. Yeah. You know? I want, I want that. Like if he's like maybe just someone that works there, in which case it's 83, get me Kurt Russell. Yeah. Someone that's sure. still, he's still so young. He's in his twenties there, but this is like around escape from New York and he still looks like a grown man. Mm-hmm. Um, or I mean, made today as always just get me Oscar Isaac. Cause he is so charming. He 100%. can do anything. Or I'm like, okay, maybe he's not, he doesn't own the construction company. Have him be more involved with the dance world. And that that's the push and pull yeah. that he's like established just as like a patron of the arts that like, Oh, I donate and I've got pull. 
I can help you. And her being like, no, like I do not I want to do it on my own. We can. And then that is just like the, the conflict comes between that, like, Oh, that you want to help me as, in that way. But I just want this to be about like our love and our relationship. Get me Gregory Hines. That's what I want. Mm, That's mm. what I want. Oh, cause then we would get a Gregory Hines dance Gregory sequence. Hines? Dance sequence. That Come on, is also I always want. Fairy tale theater. <laughs> <laughs> Gregory he? Hines and Ben Vereen strut their stuff in Puss in Boots. Oh, as who was Puss in Boots? And who, who, uh, what are the other person? Ben playing? Vereen is Puss in Boots and Gregory Hines is like the, like guy who finds Puss He's in the boots. guy, he's the guy that finds, Puss, oh, I see the guy that finds Puss in Boots. Yeah. I, I, cause I just, I never watched it, but I just, uh, checked out and then like watched the entire season, the first season in a few days of Sneaky Pete, that Amazon show with, mm-hmm. uh, Giovanni BC and Ben Vereen pops in for a few episodes as like another con artist who like works as a magician at retirement homes while stealing every, all these guys watches. And I was like, yes, this is what I want is old con man, Ben Vereen. Uh, yeah, those, those are the actors that I wanted. It's just, yeah, I feel like you just need honestly less scenes of her welding with the the construction company. Like I just, I think this is just like icing and I don't think we need to have all this time here mm-hmm. maybe in this two hour 20 minute cut it's it would make more sense yeah although i what i do love about all these construction scenes is mm-hmm. how supportive all of these other workers are yeah uh, like you have like they have like it's like she's their kid sister yeah which i want i kind of want more of that i yeah. just want all of them to be like hey watch it we know you're the boss but you better not mess with all alex yeah i think that'd be very charming uh now as for the actors who were actually considered for nick right off the bat al pacino turned it down instead doing 1983 scarface with brian de palma and a goodly choice it was for Pacino. Yes, but it's it's also like that is the difference of having Michael Nori that it's Jennifer Beals's movie. But if you have an actor, you have a Al name Pacino. actor, Forget then it. it's like it's a dual. His name's got to be on the poster as well, yeah. you know. Uh, likewise, Jack Nicholson was considered, and this was 1983. He was in terms of endearment, fascinating, winning that second Oscar, so a better choice for him. But that's bananas to me to imagine Jack Nicholson in 1983. Yes, romancing not, 18 not year old Jennifer Beals. 1970, uh, 1983. Right. right, we are long gone past how him in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Well, he's even. already like 38 in that movie, isn't he? Something like that. Yeah, something like it. Something like it. Yeah, I can totally see this. Kevin Costner auditioned. Yes, that makes sense. Very early, very early in his career. This was he the year of the Big Chill, where all of his scenes were deleted because he's the one that like the whole movie. If you've not seen Big Chill, is like he he dies, so all of his like friends gather Glenn Close and Jeff Goldblum. Uh, but he was supposed to have like flashback scenes and they cut them all. I mean, I get it. Sometimes it's like, we got to get rid of this, but it's like, but that was my entire Surprisingly, in the two hour, 20 minute cut of Flashdance, you also get Kevin Costner's character from The Big Chill also in here. Yeah, it was, yeah. That's got to really hurt, you know? No residuals when when you're not in the movie. No, uh, speaking of my cousin Vinny, Joe Pesci was considered for Nick. I... uh, it doesn't work for me. It does not work for me either. Uh, no, 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 no. There are worse choices for sure, but it's just, it feels like a terrible fit. Now, yeah. if he's playing like Johnny C. Oh, if I he's maybe, that. maybe playing like a very different version of Richie. 
Yep. You know? <laughs> Joe Pesci. Yes. As just this very fry angry cook, fry just cook. Furious fry cook. I I would like to Telling that. Polish jokes? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, if that just uh, that seems right. That seems right. It does. Um, it does. Although I kind of like the idea of the stand-up comic. That should be Richie's bit. Is he still wearing the apron? He's still dressed like the fry cook. So well, he, Richie hasn't thought through the act because he hasn't performed. He, has, he doesn't enough. have an act. He hasn't thought through. Jack. He hasn't had the time. He hasn't put in the hours. No, Burt Reynolds turned it down. Huh. huh. Which I'm getting. I that's what you're getting for free. Of all these people are just gonna be pursuing. Alex Owens is, but that, yes, you're also that's very true. what you do gain with them when you've got a cipher of a character is you're just like oh it's Burt Reynolds you know that like when you're you've got an actor you don't know you're like who is this guy what's so his right. deal aside from which <laughs> you laughed oh my the exact gosh. same way at both times when he finds out he's like she works for you dance. right he reads her social security number and he's like that's, I don't need her zip that's code. really creepy that the that's that the so one guy creepy. which I guess I understand that like also your social because the internet didn't exist at this point in time was not as much of a like maybe don't be saying people's social security numbers but that this guy was like yeah 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 I'm your numbers guy blah 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 has every employee's social memorized memorized like is he rain man what like, kind what of i was this? about to say what kind of card counting guy is this <laughs> but yeah he's like he's like i don't need a zip code he's like no it's a social she works for you and he puts his little chin on his hand like a happy little boy almost meets goes, a cartoon cat hmm. Hmm. just like enjoying the like mm, like hmm. a daydreaming hmm. face hmm. <laughs> love 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 this option pierce brosnan now this yeah. is a smoke show of a film with Charming. Pierce Brosnan and Jennifer Beals. Not to say Michael, Michael Norrie, very handsome man. He's a very attractive guy But in he's this. not he's being Pierce, considered for not Bond. An, not an 83 Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, that that's that's a hot film. And also he's younger, which I like. Because Pierce Brosnan, even yeah. in the 80s, is like, yeah, this is a man. Thinking but of, he's not yeah. 37. I'm I don't th- believe it. Thinking of all point. of these movies that these people will go on to do. And I'm like, even Michael Douglas is a better option for this guy. You know, I can see that. Like yeah. I buy him as the boss that. of whatever, you know, um, yeah. and wanting to help. I buy him as kind of like straddling that class line in a way that I think I this, also they're agree. Trying I trying to make this character do pick for 1983. Michael Douglas yeah. as Nick. I could totally, totally see that. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be great. Uh, Robert De Niro was considered, which Robert De no, no much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, thank you. Uh, this I dig as well. Richard Gere, I could totally yes, see. Yes, totally see. Totally. Uh, instead, in 1983, he was doing a remake of the movie Breathless, and this movie Beyond the Limit. That you, listener, just look up Beyond the Limit because the poster made me laugh. This is a movie where Richard Gere is supposed to be from Paraguay question mark or like like half yes you look this up because the movie is like that he seduces michael kane's wife but the poster is like him in bed with the wife as there's a poster with michael kane on the wall as if he's looking at them in disapproval what (laughs) is this oh no this tagline is unacceptable what is the tagline i'll read it and i will use a word that is used on the poster um the first time he saw her she was a prostitute the second time she was his best friend's wife the third time she was his right this does look like a like a teen romance novel cover yes like it really does it, but- it's not even like a bodice ripper it because he's too like soft and young looking this looks like these christian novels i used to read as a teen you know but yes, with a little the, more uh, skin for, yes for the uh the bodice ripper uh 
uh, adaptation of the movie, we'll get Fabio for the cover. Yes. But we'll still keep yes. this poster of Michael Caine looking, grumpily looking it's on. It's so weird. It's like <laughs> it should be a window where he's looking in. No, it shouldn't be any of that. You no. just have them in bed and then you just have it's a poster. So you Photoshop in like in the corner. You have Michael Caine as like a floating head. He shouldn't be in the scene itself. He certainly, he definitely shouldn't be outside the window is looking it, in like, oh is no. Is it because I'm guessing he's the best friend who she's yes. married to. So I'm I guess sure it's is. like, we're supposed to imagine we're in her bedroom and she has a poster of her it's not even yeah. a photograph it's a like she's tacked it to the wall like it's a teen beat poster well i was thinking it's like some kind of i don't know he, he's he like a general like, like some kind of like um uh, uh, uh propaganda like type poster yeah, of like you know maybe uh, yeah. uncle kane wants you uncle kane <laughs> to, uncle kane wants you uncle to stop kane. sleeping with my wife uncle kane uncle kane wants, wants you. you uncle kane michael kane is actually i was actually the basis for uncle sam for all the posters <laughs> Oh no, you didn't see that I, coming. I had the perfect goatee at the time. <laughs> um, Mel Gibson was considered, which I get. I get. I go, Goodbye. Yeah. Tom Hanks was considered. Wow. And now this is Bosom Buddies had just ended and Splash of was course, about to happen. 1984. Now, you know what? Very charming. Yeah. Non threatening. So non threatening. In a way that is Tom Hanks would be our most non threatening actor. Possibly. Like I'm trying, even like Road to Perdition. You're like, like, yeah, he's a gangster. He might shoot me, but he's not gonna. I'm not threatened in, by in him. In a way that like he's still a good actor. Oh, yeah, of yeah, course. yeah. One Maybe. of our best. One of our finest. One of our finest. Hanks. Thanks, Tom Hanks. Uh, Gene Simmons was reportedly offered the role, but turned it down due to his schedule with Kiss. Now this is interesting because when we were rewatching all the numbers just now, we're watching the the double do the very with the painted it, white face, the painted white face, the imagination dance at the very end. You were like, now. Does she or does she not remind you of? And you pulled up yes. a picture of Kiss and pointed to Which one of the I members. I don't remember what the names are, like who who does what. I'm not as familiar with Kiss, but the one that has like the star over the one eye, because that they, they all got like the white paint, uh, makeup on the face. But that that this is the one that also has the very like very curly hair, mm -hmm. which is also very similar to this Jennifer Beals double wigged this Hollywood wig that they got but yeah it looks like this member from kiss uh and gene simmons was it was a no from him which thank goodness i think that's best yeah we don't need that disgustingly long tongue no. anywhere near this film no and john travolta was offered the role but turned it down due to scheduling conflicts which in 1983 he had of course the sequel to saturday night fever staying <laughs> alive and two of a kind, which is him and Olivia Newton-John's follow-up to Greece, where they're like angels are trying to help make sure they fall in love. I don't know, but that movie was a huge bomb. Uh, and Staying Alive, of course, critically reviled and one of the silliest films you'll ever see. I can't recommend it enough. Yes. It is preposterous and i'm yeah. so glad i have it in my brain space you know but it's kind of wild to imagine travolta doing this because this film that, that was the heaviest criticism to it was that it was a ripoff of saturday night fever but a mat like what what would it feel different if Tra you had travolta in it what if you have know. travolta as tony monero this is the sequel instead to saturday night fever not ah. staying alive tony monero is now like out of the game he's like no forget it and now i'm gonna be I'm going to make some money. I'm, I'm owning this construction, this steel mill or whatever. And, but now I'm in love and my love interest is a dancer. And now I want to see her succeed. He could be like help, like coach or like oh. whatever that I, 
could I see. I love the idea that he left Brooklyn for Pittsburgh. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I got to yeah. get out. He had to move out of his mom's house, and he just couldn't afford the rent. He couldn't afford that. Manhattan's Brooklyn, rough, you Manhattan know? rent, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but that, I, I think, no, well, tri- keep Travolta, there. but have him still as Tony Something Manuel. there, and then, then we get some there dance that, that wasn't, wasn't there before. before. <laughs> and then we got some dance sequences that are um, uh, dramaturgically justified rather than just filler, which I'm not mad about the filler, but there's something you're like, okay, this is, this is long. This, uh, the dance sequences just, well, not even like the dance sequences are long, but considering how light it is in the plot for the first half of the movie. That's why I'm like, I want more dance sequences. Just have it be even more, which is also the other thing about the film that it's really, which is also why it was so successful was MTV. This was the, this is the first movie that MTV made so successful because this movie is practically just a series of music videos. Absolutely. And that was like, yeah, that they were running so like ads and running like clips on mtv uh and the soundtrack like all the music videos i mean the incredible like it was why this film was a smash hit hmm. um but those were all the characters that i found other casting options for there are a few characters we didn't mention so i want to briefly touch on them we have hannah the mentor which was uh this actor lilia scala who it's probably best known besides this for she was an, got an Oscar nomination for Lilies of the Field. She's like the head nun oh. or whoever it is that Sidney Poitier is. I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, we had Jeannie, who is this actress, Sonny Johnston, who uh, tragically died just the year after this film. She had an aneurysm. Oh, I no. know that like this character had it really rough, as did this actor. That oh. I was very saddened to see uh, that she passed away very young. Um, and yes, this Atina Tech, who's one of the other dancers, the only one that gets like a full number, and thank right. goodness, because this manhunt number oh, is great. so good, is Cynthia Rhodes, who's also in Staying Alive as Jackie, who plays John Travolta's like main girlfriend, who then he starts cheating on throughout oh, the film. Oh, and she sings in that. I don't, I yes, she, don't remember she her has singing. The band. I've only seen it the one time. But uh, she can clearly actually dance. she's also in dirty she's penny in dirty dancing which i've not seen dirty dancing I mean, so for those who know dirty dancing she can really dance yeah uh and i'm like why didn't you cast her as alex you this is a person she's a gorgeous person who can actually dance yeah maybe i will say her acting is not as nuanced okay. at least in this sure. movie it might also True. be what was asked of her that sequence where they're working <laughs> out oh yeah we didn't talk about where they're working out where it's to all, i love rock and roll yes and it's all white it's pure white it's room. like they're so on either... the the first the on the stage for the first number that jennifer beals does yes where it's pure white it's like kubrickian it's like the stanley kubrick design gym where it's just pure like egg like pure blinding white you don't ever see the actual equipment just kind of like through it they're shooting through it to see them doing like you know different pull-ups and stuff and it is a bananas sequence and then they're also like like they've never lifted before in their lives yes the one specifically he was i think it's the one that is like so like i he's he's not gonna call me back like he's gonna call he's oh that's tina that's tina wait yes like oh tina Tina? wow well she she leaves it all on the dance floor that's where she's got her (laughs) gets her power back because that's what i'm saying she is so distraught over whether or not when you finally see him this like balding nobody mm-hmm. that he like he called oh boy as we of course said leaving is johnny c which oh. blew my mind uh and then i wanted to give a shout out to uh the doubles for jennifer so yes. marie jahan was the primary dance double which incredible dancer i mean yeah. that's why all the dancing is incredible it's just that i wish they'd done a little more work to make you believe that it was jennifer for sure. uh it was mainly her except for 
In that last audition, it is Sharon Shapiro, who's this gymnast who does the big, there's like one leap and like, yeah. like tuck and roll. And then this performer, Crazy Legs, did the break dancing. So in 1987, uh, Marie Jahan was the featured halftime dancer in the Super Bowl doing the flash dance what a feeling number which i love like that's a great way to be like yeah here is like the the actual dancer although i would be surprised if they were like and jennifer beals (laughs) um and she was apparently i love this she was the model used for snoopy in the peanut special it's flash beagle charlie brown where snoopy was animated as jahan's dance moves via rotoscoping what yes i've never heard of this it's flash beagle charlie brown peanut special i maybe it's lost to the sands of time we got to youtube this and see if we can we find this look it up uh and crazy legs because crazy legs was was a man was willing to wear a wig and shave his legs to assume the role of alex's stunt double but absolutely refused to shave his mustache so if you pause at the end of the backspin, you can clearly see Alex has a mustache. <laughs> they weren't counting on VHS. Yes, oh, yeah. man, that is rich. Uh, so final thoughts on Flashdance, Amy Joe. Anything we've been touched on or any of the actors? Oh, here, here is, I think, a very important thing to bring up. And that is if... If the figure skating sequences hadn't been lit only by direct spotlight, it's possible Jenny wouldn't have completely eaten it in the middle of her routine multiple times. Maybe light up the rink so you can see it. This is just a thought that occurred to me that would have been kind to do to the to the performers. It's very true. My guess is that they did not have the if they had more lights, you would see that there were no extras. I'm sure that's true. However you know figure it out figure it out figure out some way to hide it because uh because that was was like this is dramatic and they were all being lit that way so i mean it's clearly it's clearly that but i was still just like this is very true it's very true no Uh, wonder she's tripping yeah (laughs) no wonder come on help a poor girl out uh i want to end with this you had mentioned earlier amy joe not knowing why are we spending any of this time with this stupid dance and traffic cop that alex is like then mimicking yeah. the moves of this traffic cop famous in pittsburgh his name was vic sianka i'm not sure if this person is still alive but he was well known for his choreography directing traffic in pittsburgh for over 30 years pittsburgh staple wow. of like the dancing traffic cop i take it which is why they put him in the movie back. <laughs> no truly that changes things for me yeah, he, otherwise i'm like why are we watching this random interaction but if it i love that years which like i love so clearly i mean if you were living in pittsburgh at this time it's like he he's a local legend that's like when people use the naked cowboy in a movie about like where they go to times square or something where it's just like not everyone's gonna know who that is but a lot of people are gonna be like yeah obviously that's that like dude who wanders around times square you know that's that but um (laughs) that okay i love it i rescind my earlier criticism i was just not fully informed well you didn't know it didn't know but i'm sure the people maybe maybe at the time he was more known beyond pittsburgh pennsylvania but also like why there are so few movies set outside of new york and la really if they're set in a city that it's like why shouldn't you have like city in jokes because then it's like we should know these things like that there's this that's the thing that like everyone in pittsburgh would know like why shouldn't we have to like learn about that i think that's great yeah and as the pittsburgh post gazette uh bestowed on him the moniker the nuriev of the intersection (laughs) (laughs) 
incredible. Amy Joe, Jeffrey. What are you recommending this week? Well, thinking about all this uh, dancing and then thinking about Debbie Allen, uh, made me remember this obscure variety show from the 80s called Three Girls Three that I became familiar with earlier this year because yes, I went down a deep dive. Oh. Yeah, I went on a deep dive of like oldie timey variety shows and there's there's some great stuff out there but this is the the it's three girls three so it's like a comedy variety show where they'll do sketches and there will be performances and it stars debbie allen ellen foley and mimi kennedy and you can find it all on youtube there's not very much of it but it is so wacky and funny and so many of those old variety shows unless it was the carol burnett show really like they're so male driven so to have one that is like three funny vibrant female performers who are are leading it like i think go back and also just like i can't recommend enough going back and watching like weird variety shows and variety specials because it's just it's a it's a trip down memory lane of memories i never had you know what i mean so um i'm recommending three girls three and just enjoy some fabulous performances and ridiculous sketches love it jeff amy joe what are you recommending uh, i was also just thinking about dancing so uh, i recommended a book from her a few weeks or months ago uh, of meg howry of her book the wanderer so i don't recommend another book of hers the cranes dance which is about two sisters, both soloists, at a New York City ballet repertory company. Uh, one who suffers a mental break and has to leave the company, and the one left behind dealing with that and dealing with uh, an increasingly stressful year. Uh, it's it's uh, an incredibly like funny book as well. Like just if you just like do because you can do like the what the ever like the little preview of like you can read like the first chapter or two when you go to like look up a book on like uh on ibooks or whatever of this whole first chapter of just like the funniest like telling of swan lake of just trying to be like okay if you don't know swan like like here's the deal this you know this monster man comes out with like whatever uh it's just so incisively written and meg howry was a professional dancer before becoming Mm. a novelist i i read it twice in two years love this book i I really do i i don't know how else i don't really want it kind of just feels like if uh, imagine like a millennial black swan where it's not a horror. It's just more of just like a, com- a dramedy. Uh, that's the terrible way to describe it. <laughs> Check out Crane's Dance. I swear it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're recommending this week. Da-da-da. And do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. If you'd like to know what we're doing in advance or if you'd just like to follow our shenanigans on the social you can find us at and almost starring on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm a maniac <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> and oh, what a feeling. Thanks for joining us to see who <laughs> almost starred.